everyone again. I saw you not too long ago. Uh, my name is uh, Pastor JP. I'm the student pastor here at Skycrest uh, Community Church, and I get the opportunity of sharing the word with you this morning. Uh, pastor Chris is taking a much-needed day off. Uh, he's been in pulpit for a very long time, uh, so we're just blessing him with an opportunity just to spend some time with family, take some time away, uh, and we're excited to be able to offer that to him. So I get an opportunity to kind of share the word with you today, and it's going to be just a lot of fun. We're going to have a great time together. Obviously, I'm a student pastor, so we love to have a good time whenever we talk about Jesus, right? Amen. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, so we're going to have an amazing time doing that. I want to share with you a couple updates since the last time I've seen you guys, which was at the end of last year up in the pulpit. Um, uh, we have some exciting news. My wife is actually 21 weeks pregnant. So, yes, we're very excited. She's right there. Um, we're excited about little baby girl. Uh, so we are even more excited about that. Um, and we're just we're ready for it. I will say, women, for those of you, um, man, that first trimester was a doozy. And uh, I have much honor for women uh, now that I've seen my bride go through that. Uh, man, what, what takes place there is unbelievable. You guys are incredibly strong. Uh, God has given you guys some amazing power to, to do that. So uh, it's been a blessing. We're very excited to see uh, just how God is going to uh, transition our life uh, for the next forever, uh, is what everybody tells us. So we're very excited about much praying uh, and seeking God as we um, you know, we waited. We waited a long time to start a family, and we're very excited to see how he's going to move in that manner. So uh, that's the big update for us, and uh, we're ready to dive into God's Word. Today, we're going to be having a conversation about the future being bright, uh, but the primary focus is this idea of hope, okay? Uh, so you'll see a lot of that tied in as we communicate today and have a conversation. But before we get to any of that, I do want to pray, because I think that's one of the most valuable things we can do to open God's Word. So let's pray together. Lord, we come to you now. Father, we, we just, we thank you dearly. We thank you so much, Lord, for giving us the ability to, number one, come together in the name of Jesus, to worship you in song, to lift your name up high. But now we get an opportunity to open your word and to be challenged by you and to be reminded, Lord, of how valuable a relationship with you is and how hope is that central piece to our conversation of faith, God. So I do pray for each individual here, for those who are tuning in online, I thank you for giving us uh, the opportunity to come and to worship, and, and I pray for those individuals that the hearts will be moved by your word, that, Lord, you will just give me a, a voice, uh, and I will just be a vessel of what you deliver, God. And we thank you for today and this opportunity, and, Lord, we love you so very much. In Jesus' name, amen. Like I said to you before, the big idea for today is, is hope. That is the main focus that we're going to be communicating, and this idea that the future is bright. Now, one of the things I do want to say is that in today's climate, uh, we need a hope that we can hold on to. Today, I think that is something we need more than ever. Uh, we know how crazy and chaotic the world is outside of these doors. Uh, and I'm more than certain that we have family, friends, co-workers, schoolmates, whatever it may be, the postman, whatever it is, who in this time right now is seeking some stability in their life. Something that is more stable than the chaos that's out there that maybe have been provided for them. And that even takes place with inside the church, too. There's a lot of, um, of, of craziness happening out there. And the one beautiful thing about God is he brings a foundation of hope but of stability for us. So even despite the climate we live in today and the craziness we live in, today's conversation, our talk today, is going to be one of encouragement. It's going to be one for those who are believers it's a great reminder of how important our faith in Jesus is. 
And then number two, if we are just figuring out what faith is or we're not necessarily sure this whole idea of Jesus, um, this is a great opportunity to hear more about what has been laid before you as an individual and what comes uh, in a relationship with Jesus, all right? Uh, so I'm excited to share that with you today. We're going to look through the scriptures and we're going to see a couple very specific things when it comes to hope. All right, the first thing we're going to see, if you're writing anything down, the first thing we're going to see is that God has a plan for our lives. That's the first and foremost. I'm sure we've heard that plenty of times, but that is the first thing, right? Second thing, his will provides for us, okay? The third thing we're going to tackle today is God is a living hope that we can hold on to. Now, as we talk today, we're going we're gonna to learn a couple things that are really important. First is truth and belief and believing in that truth. Okay, despite our circumstances in the climate that we live in today, our future is incredibly bright. Now, I know for some of us and many of us in this room, uh, we've seen a lot of life. We've been through a lot of life, especially those tuning in with us. We've seen life and we can probably have a testimony. If I was to go around this room, there would be plenty of testimony of hardship and then seeing a bright future, then hardship and seeing a bright future. And that's what's beautiful about God is that despite whatever hardships we may go through in life, there is always a bright future at the other end. And that's what I love about God when it comes to this idea of hope. I want to share with you, though, uh, just a moment in mine and my wife's life. It's a, it's a split second in our lives, but it's going to cover a little bit longer than in this. But it was a, it was a moment um, that really it boils down to this. It boils down that we never thought uh, that tomorrow was ever going to come. So we were at a moment in our lives that we never thought tomorrow was going to come and that whatever we were dealing with and what we were dealing with at that very moment was it. We didn't think there was anything further. We, we, we couldn't. We prayed. We were seeking counseling. We were looking for something, and I don't know if you can relate. We were looking for God's, for his provision. We were looking for his direction. We were really focused on that. And at that moment in time in our life, it was a very hard and challenging time in our faith with Jesus. It was challenging because we were looking for something. We were looking to go somewhere. This is about a year and a half ago. We were looking to go in a certain direction. And, and the truth was, is that for a split second, we didn't think tomorrow was going to come. And everything we were dealing with, like I said, at that very moment was it. I'm sure you can sit back and say, yeah, I think I've seen a place in my life where I've, I've been in that, that situation. Maybe not. Maybe that's not you. And, and I want to be honest with you. I'm typically, uh, in all reality, a very positive, moving forward, optimistic individual, okay? Uh, I'm not a doom and gloom type of guy. I tend to see the future. I'm excited about what God has for us. Even if it's going to be a trial or a tribulation, I'm ready to move through it and get beyond it and see where else God's going to go. But this was a really challenging time. I typically look for the good in all things, and I don't allow myself to get bogged down by that hardship. And I don't know, maybe you can relate to that. Maybe you can't relate to that at all. But that's where we were in our faith with Jesus, and it was a challenge. It was a challenge because we wanted so badly to see God move in such an impactful way in our own lives, and it didn't matter it was a season of unrest. It was a season of confusion. Sounds pretty familiar, right? The world we live in today. A lot of unrest, a lot of confusion. And we were looking and seeking for what the best was. And, and I'll be very honest with you. At that time, we were, we were doing what we thought was appropriate in our relationship with Jesus. And we were looking for, you know, appreciation. We were looking to be approved. And, and frankly, we felt like everything we were doing to please God 
He just wasn't seeing it, and we weren't seeing him. That's where we were in our faith. Mind you, we, we've been believers for a while, so we could sit back at times and say, well, why, are we, why are we struggling with this? We know you, God. We know Jesus. We understand who you are. We understand what you've done for us. Why do we struggle? Why are we struggling at this very moment in this season of unrest? And if I can be honest with you, like I said before, there are a lot of people right now, coworkers, friends, family, neighbors, that's where they're at. Because a lot of what they put their trust in was out there. It wasn't up there. And out there is crazy and chaotic. The world has just gone away. Their foundations are weak and crumbling. They're looking, they're searching. Now is the time to show that the future is bright. Now is the time to show that God is the one who provides the plan. And his will provides for that plan. See, this is the appropriate time to make that take place. And I'll be very honest with you. In that time and season we were in, there was a time where I questioned my call to be a pastor. I was questioning it. I was, I was questioning my ability to be even impactful for God's kingdom. I asked many times, did I get this wrong? That I spend the last decade doing this wrong. That's where we were. Now, that may be an extreme for some of you, but there may be a position in your life where you've questioned that. Maybe you've questioned the job or the schooling or the relationship or whatever it may be. You've been in that spot. You've questioned that. Hear me when I say this to you. There are many people right now that are questioning that very thing. We have such a great platform right now to share and to make such a deep impact in people's lives, to move them to a much brighter future, but that's a future of hope of Jesus, not a future of stability of the world. We all know, if we've read through Scripture, that it's just going to keep getting more chaotic. <laughs> that's it. Surprise, we get the end game. We already know. So because of that, we have the ability to move ourselves in a direction that is beautiful and great, and that direction is knowing the promise of God. And, and hear me out when I say this to you. In all of that, that moment we were in, the one thing that I was missing, the one thing that I didn't see, now that I've come through it, the one thing I didn't see in all of that was the promise of God. We, we, we were really good about putting a mask on and faking it like a good Christian, you know, no pun intended, we're all wearing masks in here, but as Christians, we get really good about putting on a fake face. You know, I'm sure some of you have seen the faces, the mask, with, they take it like a photo of your face and then they print it on the mask. So when you put your mask on, it looks like you're smiling or sticking your tongue out or whatever it may be, right? We're good about doing that. We were doing it right. We were going to church. We were seeking counseling. We were praying. We were in his word. I mean, we were doing it right. But the one thing we weren't accepting in all of that, that I wasn't accepting, was the promise that he had provided for us. It was that promise. Romans 15 verse 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, what we were missing was that joy and that peace and trusting in him. On the outside, we were saying, we trust you. 
But on the inside, we were trying to figure it out ourselves. We we're straightening this and trying to adjust this, put out a fire here, try to figure this out. Try. We weren't in joy. We weren't having peace. We weren't trusting in him. Because when all of that takes place, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's through the power of the Holy Spirit that we get true joy, true peace. See, joy is not what you get when you eat ice cream, right? That's happiness, right? Man, take a great thing of ice cream, eat it up, you feel great, you're happy, right? That's not what joy is. Joy is given to us by God. Joy is a place that we can be in. And then you have peace. And it's really hard to describe the peace of Jesus because it's unlike anything you can describe. And if you've experienced it, you understand it. It's, it's like trying to paint the picture or to describe to somebody what a sunset looks like. You can't. That's what joy and that's what peace is. And that's what we were missing. I, again, I don't know if this relates to you at all. Maybe it does. That's where our struggle was. We also see again in Romans 8, 28, it says this, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. The God that we worship is a God who, who, who does what? He causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him. See, that's a, that's a foundation we begin to build on, we can begin to move forward with, we can begin to move forward on is this foundation of our God that we worship is a God who's working to put forth the good. So often we put ourselves in positions and in places where we are hung up on that and we misunderstand that. So today's truth is the truth that I wasn't accepting the joy and the power of the Holy Spirit in that season. And if you're struggling now with that, or you know somebody who's struggling now with that, now if they have a relationship with God, we need to remind them of the basics, right? Who God is, who Jesus is, give them the basics. But if they don't know Jesus, that's the first step we have to move into. That's the first place we have to go. That's the first element of the whole process that we're going to talk about, the plan, his will to provide, and the fact that Jesus is the hope, right? That's the first basis we have to go in that direction, and and we were missing it. We didn't miss Jesus. We missed the trust in that God was going to provide for us. So with that all being said, listen, God has a plan for you. He has a plan for me. He has a plan for us, and I'm sure that we've heard that so many times throughout our faith journey, but the real question that we come to often is, how do we see that plan? How do we know that it's for me? It all really boils down to the idea of hope. It's hope. I know that as a Christian, it's very cliche to say that, oh, trust in God, have hope. Okay, you're good. Move on, right? I remember when I gave my life to Christ, uh, I, I, was, I was young, teenager, 13, and, and at 13, I gave my life to Christ, and we were at a an event, and it was up in Tennessee, and it was, you like wrote your sins or your name on a stick, and you threw it in a fire, and you were saved, right? But that was their perception of it. Um, so I remember doing that, and I remember throwing it in there, and I remember walking away and sitting down with a counselor, and then I'm explaining to me that, you know, if you accept Jesus, and yeah, I accept Jesus, and blah, 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 okay, good, now God will provide, and see you later. And that was it. And for three years, nobody discipled or, 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 or prepared me or planned, nothing. It was just like, 
go for it, run. See, see, God is a God who provides and gives us the ability to understand who he is. And, and hear me out when I say this. That was the fault of man that didn't prepare me. Right? I, I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, but, but there was no discipleship. There was no direction. There was no guidance after that. It was just a blank until a man decided to step into my life and disciple me as a young believer. That changed my whole world. That was God's plan, though. Because so many teenagers accept Jesus and then walk away from him for a while before they return. So I had a testimony. That was in God's plan. But at that time, I didn't, I didn't understand that. So if it, if it all boils down to this idea of hope then, it sounds so Christian cliche, but if it is, then why is there so much pain and depression and divorce and, and heartache in the body of Jesus? We experienced it. I'm sure you've experienced it. If that's the case, then what is it we're missing? Well, it's the basics, like I said. It boils down to the basics. The first basic it boils down to is that God has a plan for you. Let me ask you a question. What do you think of when you hear the word hope? Think about it for a second. Hope. Maybe it's, I hope to get good grades on the test. That's what a senior in high school would say, right? So they can graduate or a sophomore. Maybe it's a senior in college, right? I hope to get good grades on the test or... I hope she or he texts me back, a young adult looking for a new relationship. Maybe this is the one. Maybe it's I hope I get that job or that raise or the capital to start a business. See, we often water down the word hope by really making it sound more like wishful thinking. Wishful thinking. See, the, the powerful thing about hope is that Scripture paints a very different picture when it comes to the word hope. In Scripture, hope is a strong belief, not a wishful thinking. We see in Jeremiah 29, verses 10 through 13, we see some really challenging Scriptures, and I want to catch you up a little bit here because um, Jeremiah 29, 11 is probably one of the most misquoted verses in the world, So, especially for seniors in high school uh, and, and college students, so, so especially at Christian schools. Uh, so hear me out when I say this to you. We're going to talk about something where a people, a group of individuals, sinned against God, and punishment was being laid out on them. Hardship was being laid out on them. A difficult time was being laid out on them. That all happened before 29. Then we step into 29, pick up at verse 10. It says, this is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and, fill and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, right? We hear this all the time, plans to prosper you, to not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. See, God was telling his people that he has a great plan for them while they were in captivity while they were in hardship, while they were struggling, while they were in a place that they put themselves in, God explained to them that a, f a f bright future was before them. Sounds a lot like where we're at today, right? We have a lot of people who are in captivity, who are struggling, who are hurting, who are just down and out. God came to them in that moment Remind them of the bright future that, that he has set for them, not where they put themselves, but what he has set for them. 
I think it's really important that we get what's missed here, and that's that they were in captivity. They were imprisoned. They were confined. Now, as so misquoted Jeremiah 29, 11, right? We hear it all the time, right? Some student puts it on there. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a bright future. And yes, that's amazing, and that's incredible. But I'd love that they would put the verse 10 in that, too. <laughs> After 70 years of you being in captivity, I'll let you out. Now, I understand high school and college is captivity, especially college, because after you get out, you've got student loads for the rest of your life. I get it. So, yeah, it kind of relates a little bit there, but, but what we miss in this whole thing in Jeremiah 29, 11, for students who are using it as a way to, oh, God's given this to me and given this to me, is that uh, we tend to put it in our own lane. We tend to put it within the, the railroad tracks or paint, have God paint within the lines that we have, right? color within our lines instead of us coloring within his lines. See, God uh, has a plan. He has that plan for us. That plan is laid out for us. Verse 10 says, this is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fill, fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. God's plan for his people was to endure the difficult and to pursue his plan for their lives. So even though right now it's chaotic and it's crazy and the world is just totally amok, God's plan for us is to pursue him even in the difficult times because there is a bright future. And that's the testimony that we get to lay out to those who are lost, those who are confused and hurting and seeking, but also it's a great reminder for us as believers to say, hey, God's future is bright and he has a plan for our life. And yes, we may need to endure the situation right now, but it's incredible to see where he's going to take us in the future. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, and, and before I get there, it lays out a promise um, that we can't ignore. It says, however, however it was written there in verse 9, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. That's an incredible promise. Now, I just talked about coloring in the lines. Many times we try to have God color within our lines, you know, coloring book, the lines, right? We try to get him to color within our lines. We, we have plans. We have laid things out. We want to move in a certain direction. We want to see God move in our direction. But the reality is that God wants us to paint within his lines, right? So he's already drawn the line for us, Right? And, and he wants us to, to color within it. You know, you give a really young child a, a coloring book and you lay it before you and give him some crowns. You come back to it and it looks like just they just vomited all over it. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> that, that's us trying to make our plans and put our plans into practice. Because the lines are there. It's defined. God has already planned it and put it together and is making it happen and wants to make it happen. And we come in and say, no, 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 God, that's not, that's not the direction that we need to go. That's not where we need to, that's not what needs to happen. I think this would be better. And we try to color within that line. And, and here's the deal, what, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind can conceive, the things God has prepared for those who loved him. We cannot even begin to fathom or even understand what God has prepared for us. You know, if you would ask me, 13 years ago, what my life would have looked like in 2020, 
I, I surely wouldn't have said, oh, as a church, we'd have to split up in two separate services and have everybody wear masks. That wouldn't have been on my docket. I wouldn't have been able to tell you that I was planning to wait to have children for so long. I wouldn't have, I would have told you I would, I would be where I am today. That wouldn't have been my plan. But now that I stand back and I look at the plan I have before me, like I'm sure you can too, I, stand, I, I turn around and look at that plan and I go, wow, what a perfect plan. Even though it seems pretty chaotic right now, what a perfect plan. But that's because I could have never fathomed or conceived of the plan that God was providing for me. Now, that doesn't even begin to speak of the heavenly plan, right? Like, imagine what it's going to be like to be in heaven with Jesus, to be in heaven with God. Man, we can't even begin to fathom what that's going to look like. What an incredible promise we have. We can't imagine the plan that God has for us. And God has a plan for every single one of us. Every single one of us. And he's providing that plan. And if we draw on color within the lines that he's provided for us, it's going to be a pretty amazing plan. We see in Proverbs 19, 21, it says, Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. <laughs> like I said before, we often make our own plans, and we look back at them, and we usually say, yeah, that, was a t- that would have been a terrible plan. But then when we compare that plan to God's, that's where that plan looks purposeful, right? And it's the one that's going to prevail. It's the one that's going to be successful. It's the one that's going to look incredible, right? It's because his plan prevails. His plan is what is most applicable for our lives because he knows us the best. You know what the really good news about the plan of God is? Is that we don't have to try to figure it all out. We don't have to try to figure it all out. That's not up to us. What is up to us is to trust God because he has made that plan for you. The bottom line is that God has a plan for our lives. So that's the first reminder that we have is God has a plan for our lives. The second reminder as we move into it is that God will provide for that plan. Listen, we worship a God who doesn't just lay a plan out and say, okay, go figure it out. An army general would never send his men into service, into war, into whatever it may be to accomplish without hopefully providing them with some supplies and, you know, things to replenish that what they need, right? There's, there's a task that needs to be done. You don't just send them out to do it. You provide them with what they need to make that become accomplished or to win. God's the same way. He has a plan for us, and his will provides for us in that plan. It provides for us in that plan. And I know that right now in the whole world, it seems so chaotic. It seems crazy. And I know that we may at times feel like our backs are against a wall. And I know we know plenty of people who feel like their backs are against the wall. And the truth is, is that some of us, right? Some of us may be at the end of our ropes. We know other people that may be at the end of their ropes because they're seeking that plan. And now it's a position of God providing for that plan. The issue is, is that are, really, are they seeking, are they really seeking God's plan? What is it they're seeking? We have to help them direct that to see that's God's plan, and then he provides for that plan. You know, with COVID being here, things have been canceled. You have trips, graduations, weddings. Can't cancel babies, so it doesn't happen. It's coming. 
things have been stopped and put on hold. God's provision doesn't get stopped. It, it, it doesn't get put on hold. He just keeps moving forward. He keeps driving forward saying, hey, I have a plan for you. Now I'm going to provide for you. The question is this, is what are we afraid of in that situation? Are we afraid that God isn't going to provide for the plan that he's laid out for us? You know, in our time of need, when we were struggling a year and a half ago, we began to see the plan that began to unfold before us. But where we got really hung up on was we didn't think God was going to provide for us. He had already provided for us for years before that. What made us think at that moment that he wasn't going to continue to provide for us? That's that lapse into human nature. That's that lapse. That's where that struggle is. You know what? We may not outright say we're struggling with that. Again, we're really good about putting those masks on. We may not even live in that manner, but we have to be honest with ourselves and get out of our heads that, listen, God is going to provide. He will provide for us. We always need to think that we need to take care of it ourselves, but he's there to deal with that. That's who God is. See, we worship a God who doesn't start something and then not finish it, right? He, he started something, he's going to finish it. He's providing the plan for it, he's going to provide the needs for it. We see in Philippians verses, or chapter 1, verses 5 and 6, this is because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Listen, God is going to finish what he started. He started something in your life. He's going to see it through to completion. We don't worship a God that abandons his children. We worship a God who finishes what he started. No matter how foolish we may be, he will always finish what he started. He provides the plan. He provides the will to complete that plan. He provides what we need in order to make that happen. That is something that we can take full hope in. Romans 5.5 5 says this, And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out unto our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Hope should not make us shameful. There is nothing wrong with having hope in our lives. Because of God's love that's being poured out on our hearts through the Holy Spirit. That's that power and directive that we can have. Uh, hope is, is God's provision that will not end in disappointment. There's a common phrase that we use all the time, and it's this. Don't get your what up. Don't get your hopes up. Have you ever really thought about that? That phrase? Don't get your hopes up. When you really lay it out, it, it means that... As an individual, you're telling them that they should avoid getting their hopes up. So that way in the end, if whatever they're hoping for doesn't happen, they won't get hurt. Now think about that for a second. You're literally telling somebody, hey, don't get your hopes up. You're basically telling them, hey, I don't want you to put any effort or emotion or anything into this. Right? Because I don't want you to get hurt in the end. We use it, that phrase all the time. It may not work out, so don't get your hopes up. If you really think about it, it's really, really scary, that verbiage that we use, don't get your hopes up. 
I believe that with God, we, we can confidently say to get our hopes up, to accept great provision, to have faith that doesn't make sense, but to trust God's plan for our life. So we should get our hopes up by seeking hope out loud, by, by speaking it out loud. Anytime you feel a negative come into your mind about God not providing for you where he needs to, we literally need to speak that out. We need to encourage ourselves to speak verses. Listen, that Philippians verse is perfect. Here's another really good one, 419. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Jesus Christ. Yet again, another example of God's promise. Again, it's a reminder for us as believers, God's promise His plan, his provision, he's promising it. I love to see how God moves in that manner. That promise, God will always take care of us. You know, my wife, she has a really, uh, one of her her favorite songs is a song that encompasses Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. I'm going to read the lyrics of the song to you. Uh, I'm just going to read them. I'm not going to try to rhyme them. (laughs) That would be horrible. They're like this. You give the sparrows everything they need. You light the stars and you paint the leaves. You clothe the lilies with your majesty, and you don't even love them like you love me. I'm going to read it again. You give the sparrows everything they need. You light the stars, and you paint the leaves. You clothe the lilies with your majesty, and you don't even love them like you love me. That last line there, and you don't love them like you love me. I'm pretty sure that we're more valuable and important to God than some leaves, than some birds. See, he provides the plan, and he provides the material, and he provides the will to accomplish the plan. Why does he do that? Because he loves us, because he cares, because he is a God that doesn't start something and doesn't finish it. See, our approach and our timeline may look very different to what God's is, but that doesn't mean that God won't provide. That means that we need to get drawn and coloring within the lines that he's provided for us. There's many times that we may feel like God may not always provide for us, but it's especially difficult to remember that when we're having hard times. So I encourage you, write down that Philippians 4.19. That verse is strong, it is powerful, and it is a great reminder of God's promise to always provide for us. So we've seen this here. God is going to provide, right? We see it. We see the plan. We see his provision. Now we wrap it up with this hope. And the hope is, is the hope is Jesus. So I say we wrap this up with this hope of Jesus. Very, it's very important to say that because without Jesus being the foundation, without Jesus being the base, the plan doesn't make sense and the will to provide doesn't come. Because of Jesus, that whole process comes together. I'm going to ask you a question. If you guys have ever, if you've ever had some, anything in your life deferred, right? Maybe uh, right now we've got weddings being deferred. We've got, you know, all kinds of stuff. But uh, things can get deferred in our lives, right? I know one of the big things for our family is obviously Amazon. It's like every single day there's an Amazon box showing at the front door, right? We've got a nursery we're putting together. Uh, we've got all of this stuff that's coming in. So it's crazy to see how there are certain things that, that we want now, like right now. <laughs> But we have to defer them because we want to give other people an opportunity, right? So um, we have to defer them. We have to hold them off. We have to kind of set them aside. 
And the reality is, is that in our own lives, we may have our own desires and our wants and what we want right away. But the truth and the reality is, is that we need to set it aside. We need to defer it. Because the plan God has for us, the will and the provision that he has for us. I mean, look at what God did with Jesus, right? God already had a plan put in place for salvation. The Israelites, they deferred that salvation by doing what? Sacrificing animals for a very long time. God already knew that when Adam and Eve and they sinned, that was it. He knew that separation was going to be there. And he knew that he had to defer some time before Jesus could come. He knew the perfect opportunity. He knew the perfect time. He had the perfect plan. If God can, can do that perfectly, I'm pretty sure my less than 100 years on this planet, he can probably get it right. See, that's the God that we worship, and that's the hope that we have in Jesus. We have this hope in Jesus knowing that, that he is the Savior. And I know at times it feels like we're, it's evasion, that hope is evading us. That no matter what we do, no matter how much effort or challenge or whatever we put into, it almost feels like we're just never doing enough to, to get past whatever it is we're dealing with, whatever it is we're struggling with. And here's the deal. It's because we're trying to get past it. It's because we're trying to accomplish or to, to finish it. It's, the reality is that we need Jesus to be that hope. See, our future is bright, but without Jesus, man, there's, there's nothing. It's gone. There, there is nothing there to, to, to color and to draw, to chase after, because without Jesus, there's, there's no hope. That's what people are looking for right now. They're looking for that hope. And the chaos and the craziness that's happening outside these doors, outside in that crazy world, the one thing that brings them to the plan of God and to his provision is a relationship with Jesus. And it's always such an amazing reminder to be reminded of that, that we have to die to ourselves daily every day in order to be in line with God's provision of that plan. You know, Proverbs 13, 12 says, hope deferred makes a heart sick, but a longing, but, but a longing fulfilled is the tree of life. You know, we need to stop for a moment and a time to not just defer what God or what we want we need to set aside what we want and chase after what God has for us because remember, his plan is always better. I mean, look at what he did for him. Look, look what he did himself. God removed himself from the throne, came down from heaven to earth to give his life up so that way we could have a relationship with him again. He deferred royalty. He deferred being up there and, and, and came and walked with us here. That's the God that we worship. That's the Jesus that we chase. See, when we, don't, when we try to push our motive, it makes us sick. Maybe not physically, but definitely spiritually. But when we have that longing for Jesus, we are fulfilled of that tree of life. I mean, it's beautiful to just see that. 
I love here in Hebrews 6, 18 through 20, it says, God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for, for God to do, one is lie. We who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for our souls, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. See, we don't have to try to figure it out ourselves. Jesus has dealt with it. He is taking care of it. He has provided for it. And I love in verse 19, we have this hope as an anchor for our souls. Firm and secure. Jesus is our anchor. He is firm and he is secure. And it's through that firmness and that security that we have in him that gives us the understanding of the will of God and the plan that he has laid out before us. So my challenge for us today is this. Where are we at in our relationship with God? Have we been seasoned? We've been a believer for many, many years. Maybe we need to be reminded of the security, the anchor of who God is, that firm and secure basis in our soul that Jesus provides to help redirect us onto his plan and his provision. Maybe today is just a mere reminder for you as an individual to remind you that your neighbor next door is looking for an anchor, looking for hope, looking for a bright future. And maybe you're the one that's going to provide that. Maybe you're the one that's going to give them the ability to experience that. And that's just by sharing what God has done for you, sharing how God has moved in your life. Maybe it's a schoolmate. Maybe it's a coworker. Whatever it may look like, we have the opportunity to share that with them, to help ground them, to have that firm security in their soul of who Jesus says, you know, I love that, that God cannot lie. We saw that in verse 18. So all those promises we read before in scripture, they all have to be true. Maybe now is the time that you have to say, hey, it's time for me to start a relationship with Jesus. Maybe that's where we're at today. Maybe it's just beginning with the foundation and then moving forward. You know, a bright future starts with hope. But hope is just wishful thinking without a firm foundation. What are we hoping for? Well, with Jesus, eternity, right? That's what's there at the end. That's what we have. I'm going to pray. We're going to wrap this up. And and as I'm praying, I want to challenge you. Maybe right now is the time that you say, hey, it's time for me to say, God, show me who you want me to impact next. Who do you want me to share that, that anchor with, that, that connection with, that love with? Or maybe you're the individual here, online, wherever you are, saying, it is now my time to start that relationship with you. Maybe that's the decision that you have to make today. Father God, we come to you now. Lord, and we just thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to be here and, and to worship you. And you know what, God? We, our world right now is just 
chaotic. It is crazy. There's so much unrest, confusion. But the one thing that we have as an anchor in our life is you. You provide security. You provide stability. You have, you have given us a sanctuary to come to, Jesus. And through the hope that we have in spending eternity with you, we will see God's plan and we will see him fulfill that plan in our lives. And I just thank you for that. And Lord, we pray for those in this room right now that either here or even online, Lord, that may not have a relationship with you yet. That God, today would be the day that they say, now is the time for me to begin my journey and to stop trying to figure it out, but rather put my trust in something greater than I. And I just pray, Lord, they, they make that decision to say, I need to follow Jesus today. I need to chase him today. God, I thank you for the word that you've given us. I thank you for the opportunity that we have to worship you, that, that you provided Jesus to give us man a bright future, to give us hope, hope for something so much greater than what we can even imagine. We can't even fathom or even think of it, God. We just thank you for that. And I, I pray, Lord, that you provide for our day, that you impact our hearts today and that we stand bold to go and maybe talk to that neighbor, that coworker, whatever it is, God. You lay that seed in our heart and that we move on it. And we just thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Church family, I encourage you to stand and